The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Let's do some joy. Hello again, my beautiful love bugs of 2022. I hope this shiny, new, precious, clean slate year is off to a meaningful, full of potential start for you. Last week, we talked a little bit about resolutions and what it means to want a new something for yourself. And we did a check-in to see if you're wanting correctly, whether you're wanting from a vibrational position that's likely to bring you your desires, or if you're wanting in a way that's perhaps less effective. I hope you got some good insights there. And if you realized that you're not wanting in the most effective manner maybe, I think you might get some ideas for remedying that today. We talked last week about healthy detachment, what's underlying those beliefs in our own deservingness and about the power of gratitude for what is. And this week I've invited a friend that to me really personifies the vibratory frequency that allows in the good, the real the kind of life that's vibrantly alive and passionate and creative while peaceful and still at the same time. I know you're going to love him as much as I do. C. Wilder Oaks and I have been very, very close personal friends for, oh, about seven minutes now. And prior to that, we were Facebook friends. I don't remember exactly how or when that started. He has an idea he was running by me, but I cannot even verify that. But I know that y'all have heard me talk often about that energetic signature that each of us humans carries around with us and how that energy is something that affects others and something that others can tap into. And I just knew that I wanted to bring y'all a sampling of this delightful man's energy. 
That's how I came to invite Charlie to be with us today. He is a wildly talented painter, and we'll tell you about that, of course, but that's not why he's here. This isn't a podcast about art. It's a podcast about vibration, and it's funny. I had an email inquiry today from a publicist wanting to get some media exposure for his client, as a publicist would do, and he asked me, what's the criteria for being a guest on the Do Joy podcast? And I had to scratch my head for a minute about that one because the truth is this is a vibrational show about vibration. So the criteria is energy. Sorry if that's a a vague answer for you publicists wondering if you should approach me about interviewing your clients, but truly that's what's important to me. As you all know who have been listening for a while, energy is contagious, vibration is contagious, and my job as I see it is to bring you all the positive contagion I can line up for you because I know that you come to this podcast with that expectation, that expectation that you'll leave it having been vibrationally uplifted. I am vibrationally uplifted every time I read your words, Charlie. So I want to just invite you to be your delightful self with us and share some of your musings about life and work and these crazy times that we're living in. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. Thank you, Lisa. Um, What a uh, lovely intro. Thank you very much. Um, I like the part about the uh, seven minutes. I think we've stretched it to about 10 now. Are we we Um, 10 minutes long, our our dear friendship? (laughs) Something like that. In the flesh. We've had a nice uh, Facebook relationship for for many years, I feel. Where we we commented and acknowledged one another. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm sitting here watching a little bit of snow coming down in my studio and uh, got the wood fire going downstairs. It's nice and warm. Uh, I still have the uh, Christmas tree up, even though it's a, uh, not a real one, which you wouldn't expect from a Mainer, but uh, I've, I've decided kind of, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid 60s now so i can kind of i can kind of play things the the way that i want and uh like i said i've only recently had a uh a cell phone so this is all all this technology that you're um running by me is a real trip for me. <laughs> You're doing very well today with the technology and, and you, you have this very thorough-esque sort of essence to me. I, I picture you out there in the woods living your solitary life. I see you chopping wood in the snow and boiling your chowder. And you know, I think I, I mentioned to you that the book I'm writing now rep, you know, presents my joy trainings in a seasonal framework. I've been learning about those innate seasonal biorhythms of humans. Mm-hmm. And you definitely strike me as a guy very much in tune with nature and her cycles and her moods. And, you know, right now in my year of joy program, we're naturally tuning into wintertime, even though I'm doing that from South Florida, where I don't get those same uh, winter themes going that mm-hmm. you have going. But I was hoping you'd want to talk about that and what this season means to you symbolically and vibrationally. Well, um, for me, an inward time. It's a time for uh, for beginning the creative process, and uh, it, it's my best time for that. So my uh, my painting uh, time in the studio 
uh, everything everything from throughout the summer and autumn um, plays into the new year, Christmas time, new year, uh, really getting the house in order, uh, you know, uh, having my my seasonal time uh, with the tree and uh, in years past, I've just had little Charlie Brown trees that I'll stick in the so dig up from outside and stick in a pot and uh, um, decorate and and then uh, replant in the spring. Uh, I think Rumi says something like, um, uh, "The roots down below are riotous." You know, everything may appear still on the surface, but the roots down below. Uh, riotous. <laughs> I like that. And, I uh, love that. Yeah. I love that Rumi quote. It's it's so visual. You can see that. I, I think maybe you've posted something about that because I'm seeing a visual with the, the tree with the branches up above all still and quiet and, and nothing happening, but then underneath the surface. And that's what wintertime is all about, right? That rejuvenation and, and getting ready for the, the next big burst of, of action and blossoming above the surface. Yeah, you want that uh, spiritual sap flowing, you know, and, uh, you know, come March here in Maine, we have maple, maple syrup time. So you go around and you take your little bucket and you tap it into the uh, maple tree and uh, you know it takes you quite a while to get a get uh, you know a, a quart of syrup but uh, you know many gallons but all through the winter everything's kind of being stored up and, and but still moving there's all this you know, energy you know that goes on yeah. and uh and yep. I love the image of the the sap because I think what I'm I'm hearing in your your rendition of this is that the sap couldn't come in the spring if it weren't for that gestation time in the winter that all of it is just commingled and and we need that period for the the riotous roots and all that to be happening under the surface so that things can emerge in the spring. It's all the process. Yeah. It's the process. And for me uh, you know, being being that sort of in tune with the season, man for all season sort of individual that I am, um, I think, you know, that keen awareness of uh, the comings and goings, what, uh, but also being able to be available to, when I'm painting pictures, to, to download, if you will, um, images, you know, that I've been distilling, uh, whether I take a picture of the cove, which I know you're familiar with at this point, uh, something always comes of it. And, uh, you know, but it's funny because my most best paintings that I do sometimes come from a very quick drawing that I uh, might, uh, you know, oh, oh. I got to have a piece of paper here with me. And so I'll find a piece of mail or something and draw it on the back. And that's all I need, you know, just to, just to really um, key in with all my senses, you know, including my, including what I like to refer to as my sixth, and, uh, which especially really, um, you know, just to get that 
that extra juicy vibe, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we've been talking a lot about being versus doing and how we can be out there do, do, doing, striving, making things happen, taking all these action steps. But unless we're in the right place of being, it's not really going to, to be effective. It's not going to change up our, our world the way we want it to. And it sounds to me like you've you've mastered that place of being where you can receive those downloads, that divine guidance, that that instantaneous whoosh of creative energy that you just have to grab the closest piece of mail to capture. Yeah. Well, I've always, I don't like to say always in, in, a, in a sense, but ever since I can remember, you know, being a kid, um, I've always absorbed, you know, been an absorber of uh, impressions and uh, roll them around and, and see see what visuals come of it. You know, some some form, some come full formed. You know, full vision. And, uh, but others others take distilling time to distill. Yeah. Um, but come come winter time, you know, I'll have a little collection of uh, pieces of mail or. Or uh, photographs, or or just um, uh, drawings. You know, I do draw, and yeah. I do watercolors as well. So there's always something kind of distilling into uh, a larger piece of the puzzle, the painting. Your description of your process reminds me of a story I used to tell when I worked with writers a lot. I used to teach writing, and um, maybe you've heard this story. It was uh, about a small moment in the life of Vincent Van Gogh before he had any thought of becoming an artist, and he was sitting in this shabby hotel room writing a letter to his brother, and he loved his brother very, very much, and he looked out the window, and the tranquility of the twilight street scene just captured captured him and he wrote in his letter it's so beautiful i must show you how it looks and on his thin cheap writing paper he made this tender simple drawing of the frail lamppost and the street and the star and and he went on to to say that he loved his brother and he loved the view from this hotel room and that that's all that's necessary for that purest creative impulse to surface and Van Gogh eventually created all of his masterpieces from that desire to show the things he loved to the people he loved, which for him was everyone, because that's just who he was. And, mm. and then much, much later in his life, um, he had a quote that the, the world only concerns me insofar as I feel a certain depth and duty towards it and out of gratitude want to leave some souvenir. Some souvenir, I think he said, in the in the shape of drawings or pictures to to express sincere human feeling. That was the quote, and um, I get that that vision from you, from from you know the way you're describing, just absorbing the world around you. That's being in that state of being where where you can see these things that most of us rush by and and don't allow to move us in that way. Mm. The way you said that brings a. Uh little hackles up on the back of my neck because I recognize the truth of it. Oh, um, nice. And, uh, you know, it gives me shivers. It's, it's just like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get exactly where he's coming from. You, you know, you got to love the world. you got to love the world. And even for those We're of us... We're all going to leave it, but we got to love it. 
while we're here. Why not, right? That's that's the feeling I get from from your work. And even those of us who aren't painting or creating artwork, we all are. We have this this canvas that is our life, and we have the opportunity to create that, and then to infect others with that. Another thing I used to teach in my writing classes was about Leo Tolstoy's um, essay, "What Is Art," where he makes that assertion that art is infection. Like I started this this podcast talking about, you know, you infect me. When I read your Facebook posts, it's mm. it's that idea that when the artist is moved to create, he feels something so intensely that he's almost in, afflicted by this thing mm. that he must express. And then the audience of that art being exposed to it will be immediately infected by that contagious energy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really get that. Um, and in these strange days that have found us, I think we're, we have to... Um, infect the world with what it is that is our passion and our, our love. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. I want to read some words that I pulled of yours. You said, the veil is much, much thinner in these strange days that have found us. We're in the days of the quickening and reckoning and sorting. For me, it's like, today, make your words matter. Give them to someone who needs them. Have I spoken words of healing and life? Have I and do others in my circle and sphere consciously avoid words of hate and hurt and malice? The time is already here when we're going to have to love folks back to love of life. And it all comes from how you have the power of choice and what comes out of your mouth. <laughs> but you can yep. expand on that. I just feel like you are in, in touch with this time when the veil is much thinner and we're in these days of the quickening, the reckoning. Mm. Um, you know, I'm a much better writer than I am a speaker, uh, but uh, I think I think it just has to do with be aware uh, that your words uh, manifest things. You know, carry carry that uh, uh, power to to bring things into your experience. I want people to know, you know that. I, I love them. Sometimes I don't like them, but I still love them, you know. And it doesn't mean you're not my brother or sister. You know? It's a powerful position to be in when that's your authentic way that you walk through the world. Well, 
you know, I, I had a, I had an angelic experience. I don't know if I ever told you about that. But that was, caught glimpses. That's my first. Huh? I've caught glimpses of that. You could tell us about that's that. That's my, that's my first memory on the planet. And, uh, um, she came back again when I was a few months away from being 50 years old. And kind of, I felt this tap on the forehead and, um, so that was time for me to, and the words that came with it were something on the effect of, uh, you don't have to live this way anymore. Cause I, I got into drinking and I, I, I didn't realize how deep in I was. And then I did realize it. And then I said, then I'm like, Oh boy. You know? So anyway, you know, I got into 12 steps and, uh, uh, friends of Bill W and all that. And, um, that's been a lot of motivator in my own spirit, you know, to have gone through those steps and, and, uh, completed something that really needed to be completed. And that journey started with a, a nudge from an angelic encounter. Yes. I guess the other part of the experience uh, is that I also had a uh, near-death experience a couple of years later. You know, you, I didn't get any deluxe version, but, you know, I went into the I went into the light. Um, I can't really describe it as a tunnel, but um, I drowned and finally just gave up and I could see my hands floating up in front of me. And um, all of a sudden uh, I, I could hear this kind of music and I, I, I Seemed like I saw a line coming down from heaven, and then another one kind of making a cross. So there were four sections of the high. And then one section peeled back, and it was the brightest light I've ever seen. Another section down here peeled back, so it was upper right, lower left. And then the next two completely folded back, and I was in the light. I was in it. eight and a half, nine years old. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden there's a sense of well-being and ancestors. And, um, I'm like, whoa, this is really cool, you know? And I had all my little kid memories with me, everything I'd done. And I was very conscious that even though I was in the light, there was a brighter light up ahead. And uh, I'm being drawn towards it, and I'm like, wow, you know, and getting all kinds of different information and enjoying them, you know, and well aware that I've left my body. Um, and I hear a voice say, it's not your tongue, you know, and I'm like, mm. And so I'm going backwards, like I'm, and I, I don't have a body. I, I don't know, you know, there's no hands or anything. It's just a consciousness, you know, <laughs> I'm going backwards. And all of a sudden I'm back in my body and I'm 
puking. And, oh my God. This nurse, this lovely nurse, happened to hear the commotion of me drowning and the kids that were yelling that, you know, there's trouble. And she jumped in and fished me out. Wow. So, yeah. So, so that near-death experience and your angelic experiences, do you feel like that's really just informed your work and your life and your way that you're able to move through the world? Do you feel that that's, that's been really pivotal for you? You know, I, I didn't, I purposely didn't uh, get into any of that stuff. I was always into comparative religion in high school and things like that. Uh, and, and spiritual matters. I read Gibran. Of course, everybody's read Jonathan Siegel and the Thoreau's and all that stuff. But uh, I, I had a funny time of going, why me? Why did I get this experience? And I think that was part of my drinking, too. You know, that, mm. oh, I wanted, because I began as a teenager, but you know, I, I wanted that lift. I wanted that slight elevated feeling, you know. And, uh, you know, just just a quarter inch off the ground, you know, didn't have to be much. So I think that's just, uh, it's not a good way to go through life saying, why me? It's just not, you know, I didn't know it then. I, I was, wasn't sufficiently involved enough, and maybe I'm not now. But, um, you know, it's just, actually, I take that back. I should take that back. Louise Hay would smack me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so and so uh, when you say why me you mean in a, a way like a negative sense like why why did this have to happen to me it sounds like those are, are beautiful experiences it, it shuffled me up so you i know? see and i was never told not to talk about them but i never really did mm-hmm. you know when i met that when i met that girl that the angel whispered in my ear and I could hear it, you know, she's for you. And I turned around, I mean, who the heck said that? And I saw this just beautiful vision, you know, with the long blonde hair flowing in the, in the autumn morning sunlight as the bus rounded the corner. And she got on and, uh, you know, and it, it turns my head every time. I'm like, this is some kind of piece of, you know, uh, divine element coming in here, you know, and you pay attention to it. <laughs> yeah, the more Mr. you pay Man. attention to it, the more you get, right? The more you honor and acknowledge that, the the more you open that valve to have more of it. I think we're tapping into that secret I was wanting to, to get underneath for you because you definitely have this presence of acceptance and and surrender and appreciation for what is and it sounds like you're really walking this earth with one one foot in the the physical and one foot in the divine and you're you're able to straddle that and that i think has been my calling lisa i think so yeah and being called to do it you've got that choice you know you've got the choice of doing it or not you know yeah. I did it kind of half-assed when I was drinking, but I still had the I still had the capacity to follow up on on intuition. But 
at the end of my drinking, I was just kind of on fumes. I was on this, you know, heaven's fumes, you know. And when when the call came, you know, you don't have to live like this anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I don't. Right. I've I've known Better. a lot of highly tapped in sensitive people that you know just are unable to handle that level of sensitivity and and turn to something to help numb it, help to tone it back until like you, they realize, no, I'm, I'm, I don't want to numb this. This is a gift. This is a prize. I'm going to learn how to manage it better instead. Yeah. Yeah. And I also try to unobtrusively, you know, through Facebook and whatever, uh, say things, you know, that allow people to get out of, get out of their own personal hell if you will some are in hell for sure mm-hmm. um but out of there just that uh, their their space where they're debating about whether or not they've got a prob- problem mm-hmm. you know? and if you're debating it you probably do probably do yeah on this podcast, I've referenced what Einstein deemed the most important question of all. Do we live in a friendly or hostile universe, right? Because naturally, each person's individual answer to that question is going to absolutely dictate the kind of universe that they live in, the kind of reality they create for themselves. That's one of the main recurring themes we talk about here. And I saw you post that Einstein reference as well. Um, so I did pull out your some of your words around that. You said... I don't need a whole lot to get by and I don't have to prove anything or impress anybody. I can be a bit of a man of mystery, but I don't have to be exciting. Although mystery carries its own energy, is energy. There is enough. I can only eat one breakfast a day, drive one vehicle at a time, live in one place at a time. Time and space pretty much dictate that. And I feel like that that understanding that deeply kerklunk we call it the kerklunk when a, a, a concept is just really solid solidly in you there as, as your default way of looking at the world um that's that's coming to peace with those gifts and those sensitivities in a way that you know we we would wish for those who are still trying to numb it or or detach from it mm-hmm. i'm assuming your answer to einstein's question is that it is a friendly universe indeed and i'm wondering if you stay consciously aware of the fact that you have created this whole beautiful life for yourself with your own thoughts and beliefs and all this work that you've done through the 12-step program and all your reading and personal growth to to spiral right we're never done we never reach that point where we say enlightenment check good on me got that covered we continue to spiral through and um do you give yourself credit for having created that for yourself you know, just very cognizant that, you know, you start your day off. For me, I started off with a little prayer, you know, and uh, kind of check in, check in with people that way, you know, through this, what I call the slipstream, you know, and. Uh, Tell us about the slipstream. Well, it's, it's. I suppose the, the way that I use it is a little bit different, but it's uh, <clears throat> it's an energetic way of uh, just tapping someone on the shoulder and 
sending them some love, affection, kindness, even even if it's people I don't necessarily like all that much. You know? And there's not a whole lot of that going on anymore. You know, that's um, because the more that you do that, uh, you begin. You, it loosens that grip on you. you know? It sure does. That's beautiful. And it's a funny thing. I, you know, you wouldn't think so, but it's it's very true. And I know you know it. It's it's not for them. It's for us when we when we get to that place. It really is. It's for our own inner landscape, creating that that stillness and peace and love that that we get to then experience. It's not about really bestowing it on anyone else. But the good thing is is that once we do get it, we can we can ripple it out. Absolutely. And, and all those ripples touch touch out somewhere. And I suppose that's part of my idea of the the, the slipstream. Um, yeah, my notion. And, uh, I've, um, I've seen you post one of the mottos that we we use a lot at Joy School, which is "Energy flows where attention goes." That is yeah. our our hose for being effective out in the world. Is where we send our energy and what kind of energy we send out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't like dwelling. I, I'm not a person that gets up in the morning and and uh, you know puts his attention on. On the outer world, you know, I have, I have to begin within, and then I can open up, you know, and uh, allow allow uh, you know, being infused with, uh, you know, I don't want to say positivity, but it's just as simple. It's connectedness. It's connected, connected, connecting up. Yes. You know? Connecting That's to nature, beauty, yeah. And we begin to, you know, we begin to realize that there's this um, divine energy that keeps us in that connection. Right. Um, you know, if I can, if I can be a teenager and dream of a house, and begin to uh, draw these things towards me. You know, as, as I'm rippling out at the same time, there's there's this common ground there. Yeah. Where, where these things meet. You can be still and hold that vision, and the necessary parts will come to you instead of you having to chase them. It's one of the things we work on in Joy School. That's cool. I like that. I've seen you um, write, I'll, I'll read again something that I pulled from yours. You said, Yet in truth, it is the simple things that matter. After you work your tail off and jam your mind through all the complexities, I still go back to simplicity and keeping it simple. Whenever I get too jammed up upstairs, I'm living a bit too complex for my own good, and I know I'm headed for a fall. So would you say simplicity is your secret to this kind of connection and beautiful life where you're, you're open to inspiration and guidance? I think it's for the best. I do. I think it's very, uh, um, just not getting caught up in all, you know, I mean, I have to keep an address here in the world, obviously, you know, but, uh, you know, there's another part of me that's able to move up another, another level, another notch and, and kind of observe, you know, mm -hmm. that allow that, that being the the observer, you know, kind of allows for just 
certainly the negativity that kind of it's, that's not about that's not about me that's about something else you know and once I get in that observer position I'm able to uh, get an infusion of uh, the stillness you know the goodness the good the good things and be grateful you know and if I get into a spot where I'm not grateful I'm, I'm in trouble and I say that's when I sit down and I write my little gratitude list and I realize that uh, from that gratitude list I have a heck of a lot to be grateful for you know I got a roof over my head it is paid for have uh, you know the ability to come and go as I as I want uh, you know paint have a studio I, I'm warm <laughs> you know it's, you know it's just uh, you can just sit there and, and make a list of, of these things and pretty soon you'll start to feel better yeah, last week we talked about that as, as gratitude. You know, sometimes it gets a little bit murky because people are told you should be grateful. And if it's not a thing and you're naturally feeling, it can it can kind of cross energetic signals there. But we're, we're working on using it as a tool. Like even if, if it's not something that you're naturally grateful for in the moment, understand what a powerful tool gratitude is in opening up that valve of receivership so that more good can come your way. Maybe read a little roomy, you know, uh, because there's a lot of humanity there. And, and uh, I like to say, I believe, I believe in humanity with God's help. Mm. Oh, that's a great quote. I believe in humanity with God's help. I know I've seen you uh, say that God knows what will grow you. And I love your <laughs> expression, faith it till you make it. That's so fake much it. better. So much better than fake it till you make it. Faith it till you make it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's really nothing's really gained by faking it. You know, so uh, you know, it's, uh, fake faith it faith it till you make it. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, so, so you know, get a little roomy. Get a little. You know that Coleman Barks essential uh, uh, roomy. I don't mean to plug somebody else's book on your show, but. No, I never mind any plugs for a roomie. We, we read a lot of roomie here. It's wonderful. Okay, good. Yeah, um, and just the guest house, you know, just uh, start with the guest house. I've read that on this podcast, yeah, because we're, yeah. we're all about that, that joy isn't just uh, those happy, fleeting moments. Joy can be all of the emotions when we welcome them, when we don't judge them, when we don't push against them. We can have joy in sadness. We can have joy in anger as long as we're allowing it in, just like the guest house so eloquently puts it. Tell us about your artwork, where we can find it and where we can find you. You can find me in the state of Maine along the coast. Uh, and uh, I'm, in, I'm in the town of St. George, not too far from Port Clyde, where I, where I grew up. And uh, my, my website, I do have a website that's uh, wilderoaks.com. And there is an E in there it's not o-a-k-s it's o-a-k-e-s so that's so w-i-l-d-e-r-o-a-k-e-s dot com and they can see yes. your artwork there yes yep and get a little taste of my 
my writing and uh, just thoughts. So I'll be adding to it as we go. It's a brand new. It's a brand new website from the the one I had. So. Well, we love your thoughts, and thank you so much for sharing them with us today. And I know everyone's going to go on to see your absolutely stunning, beautiful artwork as well. Thank you. Thank you, Dia. Dia, as we say in Maine. <laughs> thank you, darling. <laughs> All right, darling. <laughs> Take care. Okay, Joy Tribe. Did you feel that? Wasn't he a treat? I know I touched on a lot of concepts last week that I promised to go deeper with, but before I moved on with all the nitty gritty of aligning you vibrationally to all those things that you want for this coming year, I wanted to just take this pause together for us to feel that peace and authenticity that emanates from someone who's had the kerklunks on a lot of the concepts that we work on here. Becoming the observer of ourselves, accessing what Charlie called the slipstream, reaching that place where you just naturally, authentically send nothing but love out from your heart to the world. No matter who those people are that you're sending love to, feeling how beneficial that is for your inner landscape. Never mind what it does for those around you. That's just a beautiful bonus. You living from that place is what opens up the valve of receivership that we've been talking about, where you can receive those intuitive hits, the creative downloads, the guidance, that yummy, clear connection with your wise inner voice. It comes from stillness, my loves. It comes from doing the inner work, from wanting that better place for yourself, and just working toward that clearer filter that we've been talking about since the beginning. That's what this is. I'm going to keep your home place super simple this week. I want you to feel into Charlie's description of the spiritual sap, that sap that needs to gestate this time of year so that all those new creations can blossom in the spring. We've talked here about how it's a brand new year starting now, a clean slate. But from my research into how the moods and tones of the seasons really affect us human animals, I realized that just because we people have decided that January 1st marks a new year, the more organic, natural place on the annual calendar for newness and beginnings is really the spring. That's the season when fresh new life is springing forth all around us. But like Charlie pointed out, this is the time for building up the spiritual sap so that it's ready to come make itself known in the world a few months from now. So I want you to take those desires that you unearthed in our prior podcast together and this week ask yourself, what could I be doing internally right now that'll help this thing I desire to blossom out there? What are the internal qualities I could be cultivating? What could I be nourishing, giving my attention to? Remember, we can't ever create anything out there until we first created it internally. That's the energetic direction of our powers of creation. It has to be real inside of us before it can be made real outside of us. Now is the time for working on that inner realness. 
So if last week you discovered some issue around your own beliefs and your deservingness, for instance, very common, what could you do internally this week to move that in a better, more self-loving direction? We'll be diving deep with all these practices. So right now I'm just inviting you to look inward, see what energetic clearing might be needed. What might need to get done to get the spiritual sap flowing in those riotous roots below the surface? As always, I invite you to journal your observations. Always makes them a little more meaningful and significant. And as always, you're invited to share your practice with other beautiful, like-minded souls in my Joy School Oasis group. It's a wonderful time to join us for the Year of Joy program, and you can read all about that at lisamacourt.com. Have a beautiful week, my precious love bugs. I hope you have bursts of inspiration that make you want to grab a piece of mail and get that snippet of your heart down on it. Like Charlie says, God knows what will grow you, so faith it till you make it. I'll see you next week. Joy comes in many flavors, but they all start with you being full-on glorious you. If you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey, find me at lisamccourt.com. And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. See you next week for Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Much love. How long have I walked through my life like I was asleep? Once I found inside my heart that you were always, you were always here. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. 
My name is Nadia De La Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.